Chew your food for 30 seconds. Set your silverware down between bites. Drink a glass of water before you eat. Eat until you feel half full. Blah, blah, blah. You ever heard these weight loss hacks and things like them or any others? Hacks? They make mealtime a pain in the butt. Who can ever stick to this stuff and make progress? What can reasonable people do in situations like this? How about eating satisfying and rewarding meals and feeling okay about it? How about them apples? Roll the intro! Welcome to Coffee with Cashy. And I'm your host, Dr. Trevor Cashy. And today, today's episode of Coffee with Cashy, you have another nerd rage coming. Another nerd rage coming. Specifically regarding things like chew more times. No, you're actually just thirsty. And other diet hacks. And other diet hacks. (laughs) 99% right and 100% wrong is one of my favorite sayings. Maybe I got it from someone else. Maybe I'm combining multiple idioms. Maybe I just totally pulled it out of my butt. In any of those cases, for those of you that work with me, you know this is one of my favorite Dr. Cashy-isms. In context, it means, yes, there's a nugget of truth to that. And so what? The correctness of information is often divorced from its value. Does it really make sense to assign anything that's factually true as inherently useful? This, I find, is one of the current plagues of academic research, moving to clinical science and trickling down to working professionals, enthusiasts, and then finally the general population eventually flying around as tips, tricks, and other hacks based on what science says. (laughs) You may see variations on this theme between pedantic pencil necks bickering about correlation versus causation, things of that nature. For instance, are there fewer peg-legged pirates with funny hats and parrots now than there were in 1720? Yeah. Are the icebergs melting? Yeah. Does that mean more Captain Jack Sparrows will move polar bears off the endangered species list? Ah! Ah! Let's pick on eat slower and chew your food more hacks first. There is quite a bit of evidence suggesting linkages between the sensations you feel when eating a food and how satisfying it is. You know this intrinsically, food that tastes bad, has an icky texture, a weird smell, or looks off. It has a real impact on how much you enjoy the food, how full it keeps you, and whether or not it controls your cravings. What we're focusing on today is how texture influences the satiating effects of food, defined as how it impacts the physiology and behavior associated with the psychophysiological response of, okay, it's time to stop eating now. For instance, okay, the amount of times you chew a food influences how much of a food you eat in a controlled laboratory setting. This is repeated in blinded controlled settings. However, taking that information and saying chew more times and you'll eat less is, you guessed it, 99% right and 100% wrong. Researchers and professionals have known for some time now that 
food texture and eating speed and, and things of that nature, they do impact intake. And that's why so many annoying fitness divas and gurus are familiar, like, keep, blah, blah, blah. I'm so like, the nerd rage is bubbling. That's why so many fitness gurus and divas say stupid crap like slow down and chew your food and be mindful. Uh, maybe they're familiar with the research I mentioned. Maybe they're all just copying each other. Who knows? What I do know is that interventions like that only work on accident because people do it automatically and it's only really repeatable in a blinded situation. That's a fancy way of saying that people change the way they act when they know they're being watched and measured. In some circles, it's called the Hawthorne effect, and I've appropriated and brutally modified it for my own purposes. Ting. In other words, if you slow down and chew your food more times on purpose, in a sad attempt to eat less, you know exactly how well that works. Unless you're coached on how to do it properly, meals become simultaneously boring and exhausting. Ironic processes at work again. By putting all that mental energy into chewing more times, you've relegated yourself to the ruminant category. All this chewing makes you feel like a cow grinding away at grass. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. And you just start noticing every little thing that bugs you to boot. Real sustainable. Awareness of the behavioral intervention attenuates the beneficial effects, rendering the intervention moot. Translated, if you know you're doing it, then it's probably defeating the purpose. Like any reasonable person, you find a workaround. One that restores mealtime enjoyment and satisfaction, but at the same time defeats the purpose of the heck. Why oh why does it feel like all these goofball tips, trips, trip, tip, tip, tips, tricks, and hacks are geared towards making your eating experience miserable? Making your meals annoying and a punishment? As if that's going to magically change your mind about the choices you make? That works out real nice. Meals are supposed to be rewarding and enjoyable and satisfying. And ironically enough, the more re rewarding, enjoyable, and satisfying they are, the greater self-efficacy you have, the more control you have over the foods and eating decisions you make. And when you take a step back, you see that most of these garbage hacks are half-assed attempts to accidentally or purposefully decrease the enjoyment of your meal. So what's a reasonable person to do? Live a life hating their meals? That's a lot of fancy sounding nonsense. Okay, I, I get it. Comedian Ron White, he said it best, paraphrased here. My grandma told me drinking lots of water before meals helped keep her skinny. So I drank a bunch of water and well, I'll be damned, I was less thirsty. That sums it up real nice. In other words, people, including you and me, circumnavigate the intended result of the hack or trick on purpose or on accident or both. <laughs> However, what I do know is that my scientist sense is tingling. <sighs> my scientist sense is tingling. And what my scientist sense tells me is that if you modify an environment to mimic the behaviors required passively, then you can at least qualitatively achieve the intended result. Okay, that is a long drawn out way of saying chewing your food slower on purpose is a relatively stupid suggestion. That's like telling your spouse to stop being so upset. For that reason, instead of telling people to chew slower and be mindful, which again, I think is dumb advice that's impossible to habituate, I posit you're better off fostering an environment mentally and physically that lends itself to slower chewing. Aha! Uh -huh. <laughs> Aha! Uh <-huh. laughs> 
Therein lies the difference between the laboratory, the clinic, and uh, real freaking life. In the lab, scientists find out when people eat slower, they terminate their meals relatively faster than people who eat faster. This means that fast eaters are more likely to eat more food at the same time as slow eaters in a free living situation. That makes perfect sense. Duh. As most scientists, most science should have a duh for the conclusion, okay? Now in the clinic, clinicians find out what the scientists did, they intuit the obvious impact of eating less, and then they start telling everybody to eat slower because evidence. And this is a classic top-down symptom-based approach to lifestyle modification in the clinical setting. And you can see how well that works, right? Oh, telling people to stop eating so fast works just as well as telling them to stop being so upset. Heck, telling anybody to do anything goes over like a lead balloon. Even if they agree to and intend to change, it's still impossible to regulate. You have to pay so much unilateral attention to every little detail that meals are now stressful when they're supposed to be interactive and satisfying. <laughs> you understand that the perceived payout of making such a mentally exhausting change is too low to justify. And you're 100% right. You're 100% right. It's ridiculous. This is exactly why translating science from scientists to clinicians, from clinicians to paraprofessionals, from paraprofessionals to enthusiasts, and enthusiasts to everyone else is so messy. Third person, Dr. Kashi, and real life come a knocking. Dr. Kashi sees what the scientists are measuring in writing. Mastication rates directly proportional to energy density per unit time. Dr. Kashi sees what the medical community is advising. Chew your food into a paste before you swallow it. Dr. Kashi sees what the fitness enthusiasts are parroting. If you want to be thin, eat slower. A confused Dr. Kashi sits back and asks, Why is everyone eating so damn fast? So next time you see that one weird trick that makes trainers and doctors hate him, think forward a few steps. Take a few moments. Put your thinking cap on. This is an answer, sure, but what's really required is a solution catered to your situation. Want to continue having coffee with Dr. Kashi? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you, and see you next week. Dr. Kashi is out! <laughs>